This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 591, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, June 27th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is our Comic Reviews episode for the week of Wednesday, June 27th. It's also known as episode 591, as we get inch closer and closer to episode 600. Uh, what's going to happen with episode 600? Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, jumping right in this week, so uh, I'm recording this on July 5th, so uh, new comics have already come out, really exciting ones, so before we can really fully enjoy them, though, let's go back and look one last time at the releases from June 27th. A bit of a departure from previous episodes, where I've talked about reviews from the week's previous comics. Uh, this time I'll be talking about a lot more, but um, still going to be a relatively short episode, just a bit short on time today, so uh, I'm going to talk about nine books relatively quickly. First, uh, just to spotlight some of the books that did come out on June 27th. Uh, they include Amazing Spider-Man Wakanda Forever, Bane Conquest 12 of 12. Excited to, uh, at some point in the next month or two, I hope to speak with Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan to uh, discuss this book. Um, now that it's complete, because uh, you might remember that I spoke to both of them uh, on their own last year uh, before the series had really hit its stride. It was only, I think, in the second or third issue at the time. Uh, now it's you know a year later. We've got 12 issues to talk about. A full series is complete, uh, so it's time to kind of go through it. So I'm excited to do that soon, but I haven't had a chance to read the issue 12 yet. New issue, uh, Batgirl, Black Panther, Deadpool Assassin, Detective Comics, Hunt for Wolverine, Mystery, Magipore, Hal Jordan, The Green Lantern Corps, um, Infinity Countdown. Uh, Mira, Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, Multiple Man, Star Wars Doctor Aphra, Star Wars Lando Double or Nothing, Teen Titan Special, The Terrifics, Thor, Venom, and Wonder Woman. So, with all that out of the way, what am I going to talk about today? Well, first up, we have Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Harley Quinn versus the Joker, number one. Um, I I like this. This was interesting. Um, I'm still not totally sold on this kind of the new interpretation of exactly the way the Joker looks and talks. Uh, it doesn't quite feel like, you know, the previous versions. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a take, and I'm enjoying it for the most part. This is written by Tim Seeley, artwork by Sammy Basri. Um, and you got the, let's see, Otto Schmidt is the epilogue artist. The colors on the main story are Jessica, Jessica Colleen. Um, and this is an interesting story of uh, the Joker and uh, Harley Quinn. And Harley Quinn kind of takes... Uh, you know, puts uh, Joker in a death trap. He's able to escape. They have a bit of a fight. Um, it's very, it, it's an interesting. It, um, I, I kind of think like it is an interesting story about. You know, Harley Quinn has really moved on in a lot of ways from Joker, but they're always going to be tied together. Um, so it's an interesting examination of the two of them. And I thought that was quite interesting uh, and enjoyable to kind of see how they view each other and what their relationship kind of is. And uh, you know, I I thought this was one of the more enjoyable kind of one-shots. It's kind of a, a shame that all the one-shots, by the time they came out, um, you know, we already knew what happened in Batman 48 and 49. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it was kind of an, in- an interesting series of stories uh, in these one-shots. Are they the most memorable? No. Some of them are definitely better than others. Um, I would have said this is actually probably one of the better ones that we did get. I liked this overall. I thought it was, you know, fairly solid. The artwork was, you know, got the job done. It wasn't the fanciest artwork. wasn't the, you know, the best details. Um, but I thought, for the most part, it was an enjoyable read. I'm going to give it a six and a, sorry, seven and a half out of eight. Uh, sorry, seven and a half out of ten. What is a seven and a half out of eight, anyway? Cheapers. Uh, then we got Marvel 2 and 1. This is issue number seven, or legacy number 107. Uh, this, uh... This is, continues to be a really enjoyable and engaging book. 
this issue was called Chasing Your Monster by Chip Zdarsky and Ramon K. Perez. Really like Perez on this. I thought the colors were actually really good, too, by uh, Federico Blee. Uh, they really brought a, a special element to the proceedings and uh, definitely made everything kind of uh, pop a little bit more than it wouldn't otherwise. Uh, Perez's artwork I thought was really enjoyable, um, so I really liked that. This was this is really interesting, and uh, you know we have more of an exploration. Like I like the kind of going through alternate realities. That's cool, but a little bit more of an explanation of exactly what the uh, what their 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 new friend is not friend, but their new kind of compatriot. What uh, what Rakina is really doing, or sorry, Rakna, uh, what she's really on about. What's her real focus? That was interesting. Uh, interesting alternate reality is here as well. Um, very engaging ending that definitely makes you wonder what the hell is going to happen next. Um, I I really dug this. I think Zdarsky's really been uh, kicking it, kicking it, hitting it out of the park with this book. Um, even though he's had various different artists on it with him, I think the storytelling has been very clean and concise. It's a really good character story. I like the different character interactions. It's very different. Um, considering soon we're going to be getting you know a final return to the proper Fantastic Four and the character dynamics that we would imagine would be feel you know very familiar, uh, whereas this is something that's different. It's it's pushing things in different directions. You're having you know the way in which Doctor Doom or Doom or whatever you want to call him at this point, the way that Victor kind of interacts with. Um, Johnny and Ben feels different. It you know feels familiar but different because it's not the same. Um, it's, he's not the same. Uh, although the annual definitely made it look like we're going to be going maybe in different directions, or you know now that Doom kind of remembers more and we're kind of seeing the kind of pre secret. The way I feel about some of the pre secret war stuff being reintegrated into the post secret wars world, it's kind of like how the New Fifty Two kind of bled into and then got kind of restarted with Rebirth, and then you had new pieces coming back into the puzzle that had been swept away after the New Fifty Two. Um, not obviously as drastically because obviously continuity is still continuity, and they weren't reshuffling the deck like they did with the New Fifty Two at DC. But it definitely gives me that feeling. Um, and I, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm excited to see what we're going to see with the Marvel Toon one. I'm sad that it feels like it has an expiration date just because of the Fantastic Four's return, but I'm really enjoying it, and I'm going to give it an 8. Next up is Old Man Hawkeye. Now, I just read a, a bunch of issues all at once because uh, I had fallen behind in the book. Um, I do feel, as much as I'm really enjoying it, he doesn't quite feel like the Hawkeye we get in Old Man Logan. Um, he feels like a weird... It's interesting because this feels... Old Man Logan, that version of, of, of Hawkeye is different because it was before, um, was it Fraction, changed Hawkeye forever. Um, as much as I love the... I think it's Fraction. Why am I forgetting who even wrote that? As much as I love the you know what was done to Hawkeye in that book and how it really kind of changed Hawkeye and it tells some really good stories, it did change the character and the way that writers approach Clint in a way that, you know, before he had a sense of humor to him, but he was, he was a, you know, a very good leader. Um, his time in the Thunderbolts was, I always think, is probably my peak Clint. And ever since then, he's kind of been kind of a lovable loser as opposed to, you know, who he was before. And I feel like this old man Hawkeye is, you know, telling the story of that lovable loser, but in the future. But that's not really who the character was in Old Man Logan. I'm not, it's not affecting my enjoyment overall. I'm still really enjoying the book. I think it's great. Um, but it is something I think about as I read it. Um, this issue was pretty great. Um, I, you know, seeing um, this refuge that Kate Bishop had built kind of become undone because of Clint uh, is heartbreaking and, and kind of hard to watch. 
Um, this is written by Ethan Sachs, artwork by Marco Cicchetto, who makes everyone gorgeous. Um, it's interesting, too, that, you know, in the original Old Man Logan, the there was a lot more of kind of the patient reveals of, you know, who's actually behind certain things. And here, like, we already know this world, so we're able to kind of play with more of the villains, like having Red Skull play as prominent a role as he does. Uh, I love the use of the Venom symbiotes here, and it kind of... Um, gives you a sense of how the Venom-possessed uh, dinosaur ends up being a thing in the future, um, which is really cool. Uh, I like that they're using Bucky here, which is, again, a, a cool touch uh, to, I guess, go after Bullseye. I'm really enjoying this, especially as the world gets bigger, um, and it's not just about Clint. There's other things going on, and the fact that Bullseye does basically have his own story. Um, I, I'm going to give this a, a very solid 8. Um you know what? I'm going to give it an eight and a half. I've really been dug- digging this book now that I kind of got, got caught up in the last you know, three or four issues all at once. Um, it's just so good. And, you know, it's it's not Old Man Logan, but it's different, but it's still exciting. And uh, there's just something to the freewheeling nature of the world, which is still exciting. Um, and, it's, yeah, it's it, and Chichetto just does an amazing job in the art. Uh, speaking of uh, Bullseye, we have Old Man Logan 43, but... Sorry, Old Man Logan... Sorry, what am I looking at here? I was like, wait a minute, that's not right. Old Man Logan 42, so Bullseye's in the next issue. Sorry, I was looking at the the last page for some reason. Um, so, Old Man Logan 42 by Ed Brisson, and artwork by Francesco Manna. I'm really liking what uh, Brisson's been doing with this book in general. I think it's been really good. This is Logan the Hunted. It's another quick storyline with uh, the uh, Wolverine going up, Old Man Logan going up against Craven in the Savage Gland. Uh, this is just a lot of fun. I love the art. I love the introspection that Brisson brings to Old Man Logan. Uh, I like how Craven was written here, and I, I don't know if they've ever gone, gone up against each other ever, but I really like their interactions. I thought it was really interesting. I love Kazar's kind of very truncated and odd appearance, but I liked it. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, this was this was a very solid, solid uh, read, and... Uh, I like the idea here that, you know, he's like, I ain't ready to die, not just yet, not here. I need to get back to the wastelands. Now, I mean, we, we've obviously had... This is the one thing I have a problem with, is that just... Lemire kind of ended the chapter on the idea of Logan kind of really weighed down by his like his past and being able to make certain decisions to move forward with his future and having him here being like, it's time to die, but not yet, but i got to get back home. And, again, tying in with that first storyline that Brisson wrote, not that I don't like the storylines, it just felt that we have hammered certain beats or moved in certain directions, and then it kind of feels like we start going backwards, and that isn't, I'm not as big a fan of. But, generally, this was this was good. I'm going to give it, a, again, another solid eight. It wasn't a bad issue at all. It was, it was a very enjoyable read. Uh, next up is Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 306 by Chip Zdarsky, Adam Kubert, Juan Frugari, uh, Jason Keith and Andrew Crossley. So that's Adam Kubert and Fergari on breakdowns, uh, Juan Fergari on finishes, and then color artists are Jason Keith and Andrew Crossley, and certain, of course, by Chip Sadarsky. Um, I enjoyed this. I actually really liked the art. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it was interesting having, you know, be breakdowns, but then, you know, get it finished by a different artist. It definitely adds a certain different quality to this book, but I actually thought it really worked. Um, so I like the storytelling. I like the story. I just felt like it went by really quick. Um, I thought it read really quick with not a lot really happening. Um, but for the most part, again, it was enjoyable and engaging and I'm excited to see where we go from here, uh, and how the storyline will, you know, eventually end. Um, I'm going to give it a 
I'm going to give it a seven and a half. There's just something missing, and I don't know what it was, and maybe it's that it felt like it did read so quickly, um, and I t- I, it almost felt this um, uh, disorienting, because I was like, oh, he is back in the present. Is this another alternate future? Like, it was just kind of a weird feeling that way because of the last few issues, but I still enjoyed it. Uh, next up is Century number one. Um, oh, I should say what I would have given it. I think I just said a seven and a half. Uh, Century number one, I loved it. I thought this was great. Um, I thought this just had worked on so many levels. Uh, Century World, uh, one of five. Um, is this an actual miniseries or an ongoing? I don't even know. I know that the storyline is part one of five, anyway. Written by Jeff Lemire, artwork by Kim Jacinto, and color art by Rain Barreto. Uh, this was fantastic. Um, it builds off, you know, current story, uh, recent storyline in Doctor Strange, where we find out that the Century's back. Um, I love in how. Bob Reynolds has, you know, we see him acting as Sentry and doing some crazy stuff, and he has something that's very reminiscent of a classic death uh, that he uh, issued in um, in Siege way back when. But the idea that, you know, this is just an alternate reality to kind of expunge, you know, that uh, the, the darkness within Bob, and then he has a, a day until he's going to do it again, and he's just living his life and, you know, just a, just a regular guy working in a, you know, in a, in a diner, um... You know, working with his prior uh, sidekick, who obviously wants to still be a hero, and whereas Bob can't be, and he knows that he can't really be involved. Um, I like that he's being monitored by a new organization called the uh, what is it, the ACD, the Aberrant Crimes Division. I don't actually know if they're new. I don't remember that being used before. Um, which I thought was interesting how he's kind of being monitored by them to make sure that he plugs into this thing and is able to kind of again expel part of the energy. Um, I like there's not a nice little mystery here about what actually has happened and who gets into this alternate reality and kind of uh, fries things for for Bob. Um, I'm really excited to read more. Um, this was really you know a very interesting dark portrayal, but uh, very accurate to what the character is and has been. And I really dug it all the way through. Uh, next up, we have the Flash 49. This is uh, pretty enjoyable. Your um, mileage may vary. Uh, this is Flash War Part Three. Um, so again, issue 49, it's written by, I believe, Joshua Williamson, yep, still, Howard Porter on art, with Hi-Fi on colors, um, I really like the idea that Wally's running, Barry's trying to stop him, they're running so fast that no one can possibly keep up with them, even Superman who tries, but is just a, a distant thing in the background, uh, he couldn't even catch up to them, they're going too fast, uh, everyone's kind of freaking out what's going on, um, you know, and uh, anyways, it's there's a lot going on here. It's the idea that they may or may not have broken the speed force. That we find out that there's Hunter Solomon. Um, you know, he's he's going to be the new Flash, which is kind of very twisted. Um, I'm excited, and you got the idea that there's the Sage Force, uh, the Strength Force. So this is different. This is new. Uh, I thought this was a very engaging uh, issue. I liked how. Um, the conflict between Barry and Wally felt more or less organic because it comes out of you know, a family issue as opposed to something that felt more um, abstract or foreign or manufactured just for this. Um, so I, I thought this was great. Um, i give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, I thought it was a really solid read all the way through. Uh, next up, we have Man of Steel, issue number 5. So right before I read this, I read basically chapters 1 to 4, so I read pretty much all of it at once. And... Um, this is probably my least favorite chapter, just because uh, wasn't a big fan of the art. Um, 
I guess Adam Hughes did most of it with Jason Fabok on 8 to 11. Uh, Adam Hughes did his own colors as well. His art's good. It's just, it's different from, you know, the rest, like the other styles we've been getting in previous issues, and then especially with Fabok. Um, so it's not like it's bad. Although there's some weird details I really didn't like on the first page of Supergirl saving people from a burning building. Like, I just felt it was very oddly structured and didn't really look real. Like, it. And but then there was like a panel that did look like a more realistic f- fire. Like it was just a very odd sense. And then you have the Justice League show up, and they kind of look terrible. Um, there's like no detail in Batman's like mouth at all, which is weird. Cyborg kind of looks bad. Everyone looks like very awkward. Uh, Hughes can do amazing artwork, but not there. Um, and there was like a shot later of Superman kind of recovering, and it's it, it feels like there's just no weight to the to the scene. There's technology, but it's all faded, and only the characters are kind of drawn in, and it's kind of awkwardly colored, and again, very lack, very much a lack of detail. Um, you know, this just was not his best at all. Um, and the ending definitely kind of is cool, but you know, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. The storytelling in terms of the writing. It's okay, although I will say it. I feel colored by reading six already, which I did not really appreciate in some ways. Um, I just feel like the pacing was has been a little off in this series, um, especially with the kind of the extremely slow burn of exactly what's going on with uh, with John and Lois, uh, which I don't feel is was necessary and felt very belabored. Um, so this issue, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a. Six. Uh, the art and the kind of the meandering story bring it down for me a little bit, and uh, I'm excited. Next week I'll be talking about issue number six. Uh, and next and last but not least is X Men Blue number thirty. Um, so I finally just got caught up in X Men Blue. I read like five issues. Um, so this is written by Colin Bunn. It's uh, artwork by Nathan Stockman. I think this was only like about a two or three part arc. The search for Jimmy Hudson. Um, I love the art by Nathan Stockman. I really didn't like the story by Colin Bunn just because I don't really care about the poisons and i just found it very uninteresting and i just felt like i checked out of the story like i just i wasn't really feeling the main conflict um i like jimmy hudson but i just don't care about the poison thing i did like dakin's appearance here um interested to see where that kind of goes but otherwise i just felt this issue wasn't for me um i just didn't really like it as i said the art is really entertaining but the story is not up to snuff i would give it a six so that is everything that I read for the week of June 27th. Looking forward, uh, next week, uh, some of the highlighted releases include Ant-Man and the Wasp number 3, Astonishing X-Men with a new writer, I believe, uh, Ben Reilly, Scarlet Spider, uh, Captain America, Catwoman, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Deadpool, Death of the Inhumans, Deathstroke, Immortal Hulk, Justice League, Bravo Rising, Nightwing, Spider-Man, Deadpool, Star Wars, The Man of Steel, um, what else? Uh, trying to think. Uh, Batman, Avengers... Um, yeah, so some good stuff. So hopefully we'll be talking about some of it next week. Uh, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, thanks again for listening to this episode. We'll have an episode hopefully in the next few days talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp, the film. Uh, I'm actually at it, which I saw the evening of the 5th. Uh, so as I record this, I actually just came back from the movie. So hopefully I'll be ch- uh, recording an episode for that soon uh, and having that up in a couple of days. Anyways, thank you for joining me for episode uh, 591, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.